This is Joshua Bell with the Kilt and the Cloth. This was my sermon from July 25th, 2021. I hope you enjoy. I really enjoyed talking about church camp and how prayer affected a lot of people's lives. I hope this uh, finds you well. God bless. My sermon's going to be a little bit modified this morning because I feel as though what happened in the, the church camp presentation speaks louder than most anything that I could say. I want to talk a little bit more about worship and prayer specifically, but my scripture this morning is taken from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. And Madeline, I, I got to warn you and Bobby that at some point I'm going to say, push pause, and then you're going to come back to it. So uh, we'll, we'll start the scripture and then I'm going to pause and then we'll come back to it. So when we get to verse 18 specifically. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. So, I want to talk about where Paul is coming from, as he's talking to this church in Ephesus, there's something powerful about what Paul is saying right off the bat in the aspect of humility. When you think about what it means to bow, you have to think of a, 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 an uncomfortable conversation in today's culture. This is someone bowing to something else because we recognize that they are either our master or they're in charge of us. It's a, it's a term of endearment, and, and it's a term of uh, subservitude. Servitude. It's not something that we're very comfortable with talking about, but in this moment, Paul is specifically talking to the people about how they should come to pray. What does that have to do with church camp? It has everything to do with church camp. Something about prayer at church camp changes the way people are. It shouldn't always just be at church camp. For those of you that know, I worked with youth for a very, very long time, and I always joke about it, but it's not necessarily a joke. From the time I was 15 years old until the time I was about 35, I spent eight weeks at camp every summer. Every summer, whether it was scout camp or church camp, I always found myself at a camp experience. And some way or another, I was involved with leadership with those moments. And there was something amazing to behold. And I went and did these things because, honestly, it's hard to find it anywhere else. I struggled with being a minister because I could not find that same feeling, that same experience that I did at church camp, especially when it came to the aspect of prayer. I remember that when I first got into ministry, uh, I told everybody I was not ever going to be a senior minister because, well, I found out that uh, kids were nice and adults uh, were, were different. Notice I didn't say they were not nice. That kids were more uh, flexible and well, adult people, not necessarily so much. Kids 
could go with this flow at church camp where they allowed the Holy Spirit to move them in such a way that they could organize and create worship experiences. And then, then they would say this phrase, I wish we could bring this back home. It's not unheard of that, and truly uh, be able to prove that 70% of all clergy felt their calling at a church camp experience. There's something powerful about what takes place when you go to some place that's uncomfortable with people that you might not know. And you take that risk and humbly bow before God. Feel God's presence in such a way that you never did the phrase back home. In, in this moment, there's a wordplay that takes place in Greek where Paul begins his prayer with this play on the word Father. For this reason, I bow before the... And it's the, the Father Familius. From whom every family derives its name. Literally, we see this in the Greek that probably Paul is referring to God as Father or Creator of all of the created order. And everything belongs to one place because everything has been created by that one creator. He's doing this on purpose. You see, one of the things that's awesome about who we are in the Christian church, disciples of Christ, and I'm trying very hard to not get on a soapbox, but it's going to happen whether you like it or not. People keep asking us, what is it that makes us different than everyone else? Why is the Christian church, disciples of Christ, so much different than anyone else? And my, op my answer to them is, uh, it's because I don't tell you how you're supposed to believe. I want you to think about that for just a second. I'm not saying that churches that have doctrine or dogma are wrong, or that they're completely the opposite of what we are. I'm suggesting that when we come to this place, we take opportunity because we value the conversation. We value your opinion. We want to hear your voice. In a lot of senses, the way as elders and deacons and as your clergy person, we humble ourselves before you so that we can encourage that conversation. We send kids to church camp. Why? So they can experience this and open and broaden that conversation in such a way that is humbling. And when they come back, they speak of their experience. Our life has changed. And we want that for ourselves. I always used to argue when I was in youth ministry that they need to make church camp for adults. And they would say, well, but there's always... And I'd say, yeah, but... We all do this. We all need that moment of reconnection. We try very hard. But the first way that we do that in that moment is, is that we listen for God's voice. And where do we do that? In prayer. It's in that place. That we hear the voice of God or we are guided in such a way that allows us to bring it to the table for us to discuss it. 
Then you hear Paul say, we should try praying this way. Natalie, Bobby? Is I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To him be the glory, the church, and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. He prays for strength, and he prays for change. And in this moment, it's not Paul is not proclaiming a triumphalist Christianity, that where we are better than everyone else. It's actually the exact opposite. Christianity has not conquered the world as many people would love for us to imagine and preach from the pulpit. And now is when I get on the soapbox. Being a Christian does not make you a better person. Just because you proclaim Jesus as your Savior does not make you a better person than another creation of God. And how do we know that? Well, Paul would not say, I come humbly before God on my knees. Jesus would not have said to love your neighbor as yourself in such a way that says, this is why you should be like us. I, I have to be honest with you. It, there's so much intimidation that comes through the aspect of public prayer. Because I know, I know, and it just drives me crazy, that somewhere, somehow, I have neglected to mention somebody on that list. but I'm not going to point out people's mistakes from the pulpit. That is not the place. That is not the conversation that Paul is bringing to this table. I get nervous when our kids go to church camps. Maybe there's a little selfishness in me. Maybe it's, maybe it's because I, I don't know everybody and, and I, I, don't, I don't trust anybody else with our babies. And I have to have faith that our babies are going to go with people that have been found trustworthy and true, right? And I have to pray. And pray that I don't have to bring them back to the normalcy where they have found sanctuary within our own faith tradition. I find it very hard when people go to other churches and to other places. Like last night... We were at this ball game and we had a great time and, and the evangelist starts to preach and I start to get a little nervous because he's not necessarily speaking always the exact same thing that we say. And I'm 100% for people to recommit themselves, especially through prayer, but I have to be, I have to be careful because I, I have to, in my mind, allow God to move in that space so that when our young people come back and say, hey, Josh, what about... It's not my job to tell them how that person would be maybe believing a different way, but more, how does it speak to them? See, it's, it's a very narrow path. Paul is providing prayers for the witnesses. 
the prisoners, the martyrs for the gospel, and their friends, everyone whose life is somehow fragmented and in need of sorting. Oh, so you mean everyone. Not just the ones gathered. The Christian virtues of faith, hope, and love can attach onto the fullness of God and find completion in that experience. The same way that you can with doxology. Doxologies are a way that a person praises God. It it creates a, a formula, a way to pray, just like Paul has given us, that gives us a word such as God, glory. We we say it every Sunday, and Paul gathers up these contents of the first three chapters about God's power and salvation and blessings and spiritual places and sums them up. The realm of the imagination that exceeds human ability to even articulate. That's prayer is. We pray as Paul teaches us to pray. Listen for God's voice. To live in the realm of imagination that exceeds our own understanding. I could preach forever on this topic. My hope is, is that we take a lesson from even one of our own youth. John Meadows spoke very, very bravely. The congregation asked everyone... Who will lead us in prayer? And at the CYF camp, the kids led the entire worship service. And John stands up and says, I will close us in a word of prayer. Because he felt the presence of God. And I'm using his words, not mine, right? Making sure, I don't want to get... And in that moment, he said, A couple years ago, I was in a worship service at our own sanctuary... And I got up here and I didn't have any words and I, as he said, I ran off. That same young man and the man that we see before us led the entire camp humbly before God. You see, this is what the church does. Lift you up rather than tear you down. We pick you up and dust you off. And we try, and sometimes we fail. Hope is. Hope is is that we do better. We try harder. And we humbly pray before God, our Creator. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.